Hey, it's Ben, and welcome to the Upgraded Executive Podcast, where my good friend Nick and I discuss the tools, techniques, and strategies that you can use to upgrade your own personal and professional performance. We have recorded the first 10 shows, and we will be releasing these over the coming weeks, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out. In this episode, Nick and I are discussing stress. Firstly, what are the causes and problems associated with stress? And secondly, ways to mitigate stress, achieve more balance in pressure situations and maximise performance. Hey Ben, how are you doing? Oh great, thanks Ben, how are you? Yeah, very good, thank you. So, for this podcast we're talking about stress today. Yes, which is massive, absolutely massive. It is, yeah, I think though, I think if you look at stress these days, it's the most common thing that people go to their doctors for these days and I think it's now starting to take many forms and I think that as uh, as a human race in general I think we're under far more stress now than we've ever been in the history of time. Yeah I mean I've looked at various stats for this some go as far as to say 90% of what is taking people to see their doctor is a stress-related illness Mm. it's huge Um, and I think I mean we're both going to talk through personal experience here but it's really important to just talk through what people's perception of normal is and isn't because some people don't know that they're in a stress state and they think that is their normal so Mm. hopefully hopefully listeners will get quite a lot out of this episode just in terms of what they are experiencing and maybe that's quite unhealthy and then simple strategies to to help overcome that yeah i also think ben there is a there's a big egotistical play here too particularly around men who don't want to talk about their emotions sure many many men in particular and i'm sure it relates to women too but i think it's, it's more dominant with men around their ego they see stress as being a good thing you know sure. so stress is what gets me up in bed in the morning and it what motivates me to go to work and you know close the deals and help me help you to People feel as though, like, if they, if you took away the stress, they wouldn't be as effective in work. I had a really interesting question from um, somebody in the audience yesterday when I was giving a talk to a bunch of salespeople. The question was, what is good stress? Yeah. You know, so the analogy that he was saying is, you know, before I start a sport, I might feel some stress. Yeah. Some anxiety. Yeah. That's a good thing, right? And yeah. And what I try to explain is, is that stress is really an ancient response that we have. And it triggers something called the freeze, fight or flight response. Yeah. So when you so when you get stressed, you either come out fighting, you either freeze like a rabbit in the headlights, or you run away. Yeah. And those are not healthy states to be in. Yeah. And actually before some kind of tournament sport thing. It's not the stress you're feeling, it's the anticipation, it's the excitement, it's the what's yeah. going to happen, you've got the adrenaline rush going on. And personally, I don't think there is a, a healthy stress when it comes to stress relating to the freeze, fight or flight response. So I, I think there's, there's three basic stresses. One is a physical stress, so somebody's had an accident, an injury or fall. There's mm-hmm. um, a chemical stress, so that might be bacteria. Mm-hmm. And there's an emotional stress, mm-hmm. and that's what we're going to discuss in terms of this this episode. So emotional stress, and all of them knock out our brain and our body out of balance. But it's the emotional stress that we're talking around. I think depression is when somebody's dwelling on the past, and that's all they're thinking about. And anxiety is when somebody is thinking about the future and worried about the future. Mm-hmm. And what we just said there in terms of fight or flight which go back to caveman days in terms of i've seen a saber-toothed tiger what am i going to do i'll run like the absolute wind and that's all my energy and focus is doing so when nowadays when we perceive a threat so it, it could be something happened at school and there's that instant activation of the adrenal system and we go into that fight or flight mode mm-hmm. and it releases adrenaline into the body so we're mobilizing resources from around the body, from the gut, into our immune system. And we're putting energy into muscles to fight for our life. A bit like back in the day, running away from a saber-toothed tiger. And that's what we're talking around when we're talking around 
fight or flight mm. and the body is using so much energy when it's in that stress state that it has a big knock-on impact in terms of everything else mm. yeah you're absolutely right i think when we go into a freeze fight or flight response so when we get triggered in some way now our blood becomes more acidic our skin becomes more acidic our body is more focused on keeping us alive so our immune system drops our cortisol goes up it's not a it's not it's not a healthy place to be in particularly you know let's be honest ben you know we can't mitigate stress in lives completely yeah we're always going to have an element of stress going on but it's this sort of continual chronic stress that happens day after day week after week is what's really really you know help really making people have you know either sort of short-term performance issues in work or then it's turning into sort of more longer-term issues as you mentioned like anxiety depression mental health issues and now really sadly that the biggest killer of men under 40 is suicide yeah and that's shocking it affects memory it affects concentration it's hard to digest food um it's difficult for the body to eliminate toxins properly and the immune system's compromised and when we're in that that stress state as you just said over a period of time it's not good at all in terms of functioning normally and yeah. It's, yeah. it's a slippery a slippery slope and I, i've been there it's, it's not good at all but there is good news because there's lots of different strategies that we can talk around in terms of how to uh how to elevate that that state yeah yeah no, absolutely uh, spilling on your point there i think that you know we've been talking about like the serious consequences that stress can manage manifest itself into but when you're in a stressed state and you're not thinking logically about the situation so that is really going to impact your performance in your working day because you don't have the clarity of thought to make the right decisions and also those are the times where you either get snappy with your work colleagues or even worse you come home stressed you come in through the front door and you're snappy with your wife, your partner, your children. Mm. And you're not in that, you know, you're not present in the home environment because you sort of got the stress of work. Yeah. So I think there's probably two dimensions for listeners to think about here is that, yes, there is a, there is a potential long-term consequence. But actually, it's not serving you here and now, and stress will never serve you. Yeah. And... The, the first podcast that we recorded was around sleep mm. and sleep and stress are completely interlinked. You know, if I've been stressed before and it's, I haven't been managing it, that affects my sleep. If I haven't been sleeping well, that has a knock on effect with how stressed I'm feeling. And that's a definite downward spiral. And exactly what you've just said, you know, if we're looking at optimizing personal and professional performance, these are two of the three key pillars mm. of the to absolutely nail. And again, it's all with our, in our control, which is great news, but they're, they're completely interlinked and getting all of them, or if all of them are off, then it can be a really large negative down spiral into depression to anxiety and i've definitely had mental health issues for quite a period of time previously before i recognized um, what state i was in and then strategies in terms of helping to helping to become better mm. yeah i think that's a great point ben i think there is the risk and a large risk of a downward spiral and i think that what the listeners will get to understand is is that these 10 episodes really interlink and build on top of one another and to get the full benefit listen to all 10 listening to one will give you some gains yeah it's great gains once you listen to all 10 and i think that that is sort of the antidote to the downward spiral and i think that when you recognize you're in that downward spiral you've got to do all you know many of the things we're talking about on this podcast reverse that trend and then start the rebuild process and and i think um 
I speak for both of us, we're not making any apologies for some duplication and only be some in terms of these strategies because they are all interlinked. But it's really important that if people really optimize their personal and professional performance, one, they listen to them, but there's a common theme amongst a lot of them and mm. they, they, um, the suggestion is to implement those, those common themes. Yeah, absolutely. Ben, should we, should we talk about how we recognize stress? So how do we, how do we recognize we're in a stressed state? Because I think many of the listeners will be thinking, yeah, I've got some stress going on, I've got some stuff going on in my personal life, and work's really busy, but that becomes their new norm. Sure. And they're, they're able to deal with that level of background stress. But how do, how do people realize and recognize that they're in a state where there's too much stress? Yeah, sure. So personal experience, it's it's not one thing it's a combination of a number of things and then what the outcomes are and you touched on them a few minutes ago um, but let's start with sleep so when i've in a heightened state of stress and prolonged stress my sleep's been really broken so i've struggled to go to bed to actually fall asleep and when i do it's a really inconsistent and broken night sleep so i previously might have woken up at 2 or 3 or 4 a.m. and been thinking about stuff that's happened in the past or stuff that might happen in the future mm. and I am wired at that point in time which totally isn't healthy so I might wake up at 2 and then not be able to get back to bed because I'm literally wide awake for two hours and then I'll have a I'll feel awful when the alarm's gone off at six and it'll be a massive effort to actually get out of bed. And I will not start the day off in the right frame of mind if I've had that, that quality or lack of sleep thinking about stuff. And that then impacts into the day and it is a really negative compound effect in terms of that, that happening. And that's definitely what I tolerated for years and I used personally exercise as a leveler to reduce that but I didn't really deal with the root causes mm -hmm. um, and during my day what was the the knock and impact from having a an awful night's sleep I just wasn't on it I struggled with with focus I struggled with articulating what I was trying to say I struggled with completing tasks and I, I speak as an entrepreneur and somebody that had a successful business um, I just I wasn't the best version of myself and that impacted in terms of being present so that's at work and massively in terms of my family and around my, my friends um, and interestingly I think because I spoke to one of my best mates recently and he said because I feel great now better than I've ever been you don't look any different and I said to him yeah you wouldn't you wouldn't see a difference probably because this is all is all internally um, it's all stuff that's going through my head and he might have noticed if I was feeling tired or I had large, large rings around my eyes. Um, but that's personally how I felt. And that, that is an, in an optimum um, performance zone. That's, that's me struggling in terms of just trying to get through the day, trying to get up um, and trying to move life forward. Mm. So it, that, that isn't healthy. Um, and that, that's how I was, I think, for 13, 14 years on and off mm. in that kind of state. And that was my normal yeah. and I, I, I used exercise to to dull some of that which mm. was helpful yeah. and we'll talk around that I had some real underlying issues mm. I think sleep is a great trigger to recognize when you're stressed so if you're not sleeping well and there's no other external factors like children or external noise then something going on within you, so I think stress can be a really good, so I think poor sleep can be a really good indicator of stress. I think some other things could be, you know, if you are using alcohol too much to try and reduce stress, if you're yeah. using and self-medicating on any other things in order to be able to reduce stress, those sort of warning flags to you that there's something going on and you're at a heightened level of stress the other thing that's probably a more subtle but is equally as effective is when if you have some kind of routine in your life that is a a positive reinforcement of your physical mental emotional health and that thing slips away 
And that could be going to the gym. It could be uh, meditating in the morning. It could be uh, something as simple as uh, you know, journaling and expressing gratitude on your commute to work. Anything that is a positive thing in your life that starts to fade away, yeah, 90% of the time is due to stress because yeah. you're worried about the day ahead and what you have to do, and you're thinking, 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 thinking. And unfortunately for people, when they're in that state, the first thing that disappears are the positive things where they sure. need things more than ever. I, I totally echo that, you know, in terms of if I've been in that state, which I have been. I'm, my diet choices are poor. Um, you know, my choices around alcohol, um, I'm using that maybe as a crutch. And, and stuff that I had enjoyment from would, would easily drop off because I didn't have an interest. Um, and that might have been the thing that was really helpful in terms of me keeping in my day routine, in terms of meeting, meeting friends or exercising something that was enjoyable and good for me was would just naturally don't have an interest in doing that anymore, which mm -hmm. would then further compound this downward spiral. Yeah. One of the interesting things now, Ben, is, is that people can actually measure how stressed they are. Okay. There's a, there's, there's a measurement in our bodies called heart rate variability. And what this does is it measures the variation in our, in our heartbeats. Okay, so if your heartbeat was beating once every second, mm. what you'd be doing is ideally beating like 0 0.998 seconds, or then 1.03 seconds, and then maybe 0 0.99 seconds. So you've got variability in how your heart is beating. If you look across the whole minute, the average is 60 beats per minute, okay? What that high heart rate variability indicates is that your sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system are in alignment yep. and that we're in a de-stress state. If your heart is beating every single second on the money, that's indicating that you're in a stressed state and you've probably activated your freeze, fight or flight response. Yep. So, so what you can do is you can measure your heart rate variability. I believe you can do this on an Apple Watch now. Okay. Um, you can also wear a chest strap. Yeah. Um, or you can use a device such as this from a company called HeartMath, where you clip this on your ear. Yeah. And it measures your heart rate variability. And then what you can do is you can use an app, and actually you can use positive thoughts and breathing exercises to actually change your heart rate variability. Well, I think we will we will come on to this more in a second, but no, there are ways now through measuring your HRV that you can get a baseline of your background stress levels and then actively try and do things to recognize when you're in a stress state and take you off the stress state position. I think one other thing to add in terms of how does somebody recognize that they might they might be stressed is their thoughts are more negative than positive and those thoughts then turn into beliefs and those beliefs then turn into habits and those habits then turn into actions so again if somebody can take a step back and recognize what they're thinking and thinking is that positive or negative that can be an indication of how somebody or what stress state somebody's in that is, i think that's a that is a brilliant point. That's a really brilliant point. Because, you know, we spend so much time living in our heads. Okay. And by that, I mean, sometimes it can, it can feel that we've got the angel on our shoulder and the devil on our, on our shoulder. And it can be as simple as, you know, the angel saying, go to the gym, go to the gym. The devil saying, nah, don't go up and have some beers. You know, enjoy yourself. And sometimes you have these the internal chats in our minds where it feels like, you know, feels almost weird that we're looking at two sides of our conscious having a conversation. And I think we can have so much negative chat going on internally. That means we're living in our head so much. Rather than getting out of our head, getting more into 
our bodies and just being present and actually recognizing what those voices are. They are not really us, yeah? It's a, it's a level of chatter that's going on inside us that is either trying to keep us safe or protect us or yeah. worry about the future. Um, and I think that the more that we can do to try and get in a much more present state, those voices I think get quieter and quieter. Yeah, I, I, I find this subject really interesting from a multitude of levels because I work with people in terms of reducing their stress levels as well as installing or changing, changing beliefs. Mm -hmm. um, and interestingly, it's not our fault. The subconscious is hugely more powerful than the conscious. So stuff that is habitual, that's in the program of the subconscious, is every day going to overpower what's in the conscious. So the conscious operates at 40 beats per second, subconscious at 40 million. So it's no contest. So if we've got a hardwired belief, that's our default. That's our go-to. Mm -hmm. So somebody can, to an extent, have positive affirmations, but if they haven't dealt with, with a belief that's pre-wired, that's going to be the default. That's going to be the go-to. Um, and that's where I was previously. It's interesting when we're when we're when we're children up to the age of seven, that's when the brain is operating at, at, at theta and it acts like a sponge. So show me a child at seven or eight, and you can see the adult with a lot of the lot of the habits and the characteristics. We can change those, but if if we're not aware of this programming, then it's very difficult to do that. Um, which is why I'm really conscious with my twin three and a half year olds. The environment around them and what I'm saying is absolutely going to have a huge impact on them moving forward as adults. Mm, yeah, I agree, and I think that that's quite that's quite a nice segue into I think a really important point here. I think we are going to go on to talk around some of the things that you can do to mitigate the impact around stress on a day to day basis, but. I also think for any of the listeners that really feel as though they're under some chronic stress, you know, they should go out and seek professional help. You know, yeah. whether that's through counsellor, whether that's initially through something like the Samaritans, go out and have a conversation with somebody that can help you here and now. A number of things that we will talk about, I guess, are things that you can put in place and are sort of short and medium term practices that will give yeah. you a huge amount of benefit and will hopefully keep you on the right side of being stressed so it never gets to escalate. But yeah. I think people who feel, people who are listening to this and feel I'm not in a good place, get help. Yeah, I mean, I did, you know, I didn't, I didn't know I wasn't, wasn't well and equally I probably didn't want to face up to the fact that mentally I wasn't well and definitely suffering from heavy depression for years i thought that was i thought that was part of running a business mm. and being an entrepreneur i just thought that was my normal i thought it was normal to think about the past a lot and worry about the future mm. and that was the constant state that i was in and my wife said go down to the doctor three times and i think i skirted around the subject because i didn't want i, I saw it i saw it as failing and it totally wasn't that um, and the stuff, there's, there's kind of a two-prong attack with this, as you've just said. There's some strategies that are great to have in terms of a day routine, and they're 80-90% of this, um, but as well as seeking, seeking professional help um, on top of that, if it, if it was where I was at, um, I would definitely advocate that. And that's somebody yeah. that's done that. That's great, because yeah, I think, you know, as mentioned, there could be an element of something that's gone on in childhood. There could be things around PTSD. Uh, they, you know, there might be you know, quite ingrained beliefs and the root causes that a professional needs to help you come to terms with and deal with. So my, on part of my journey, I had a really, really negative internal chatter. And one of my other close mates said, well, that's a double-edged sword with your personality, Ben, because that's what drives and motivates you. But it went far too the other way. And that's all I heard was negative chatter in terms of my head. And, and that was causing me to 
not sleep. And that was just a really downward negative spiral, um, which was which was interesting reflecting on it now because externally I've got everything that I could ever wish for. Lovely wife, two beautiful kids, no financial worries, great house. I've got loads of options moving forward. You know, it's life's great. I, it didn't feel like that six months ago, a year ago, two years ago, three years ago. I, I totally wasn't living in the present. I was either living in the past or I was worried about the future, but I didn't, I didn't appreciate that. Yeah, I was in a, I was in a similar space where I think throughout my 20s and early 30s, you know, working around business transformation programs, there was always, you know, there's always deadlines, things had to be done. And, you know, I used to thrive on that level of stress. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, it really energized me and I would get things, things done. But, you know, I started putting on weight, you know, I had to put on three stone in about three years mm. so i i wasn't sleeping very well i wasn't particularly happy in my job i definitely wasn't present when i was at home mm. and that's the like the low level of continual stress that i was under and what i found ben was i had a really strong inner critic that was yeah. always pushing me to you know, get a nicer car, bigger house, you know, get more money, be more successful, get a better job, you know. And I think that probably served me through my 20s and early 30s, but I think it was getting to the point where it stopped serving me. And yeah. when I did the, in, the internal work to really calm down my inner critic, I found I still had the drive. I still had the ambition, but I was, I was the one in control. Yeah rather than allowing this inner critic subconscious to keep bubbling up and making me feel as though I was inadequate in some way and I had to be better and better and better. Yeah, through, through my journey, I, I refound my why and my motivation. I mean, it was always there, but it's like you said, it, it elevated it to the point that I didn't have this negative continual voice. I just, I have now just, just lightness Mm. And 98%, it's all good in terms of positive beliefs and affirmations. And that's all my subconscious is now saying. The other stuff I can work on, but it's mostly I'm, I'm absolutely present and it's positive, which mm. makes such a massive difference. Yeah, I think getting in touch with your larger why, and I think it's one of the reasons why I pivoted from consulting to coaching, because working with individuals one-on-one, uh, really plays into my why, you know, helping somebody make significant shifts gives me a lot of happiness and joy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I completely agree with connecting with the why. I guess, Ben, should we, should we shift gears and maybe talk about some of the strategies, yes. tools and techniques that people can deploy to try and reduce the level of stress they have in their everyday lives? Yeah, I yeah absolutely. I'd say watch watch the sleep podcast that we've recorded mm-hmm. in terms of number one, because if we can get sleep right, then we're a, a percentage of the way there in terms mm-hmm. of the strategies that we we talk around there. Um, so for for me, this starts the night before, the following day, by aiming to get the best night's sleep mm-hmm. possible. And in terms of strategies that I use that's not taking an iPad or a phone to bed and wasting time, and I will say wasting time, looking at various apps or looking at the news. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, the news is not that joyful. It's quite depressing, really, and it induces stress, and it's 24-7. Um, so that's, that's one of the things that, that I do, which is I'm really aware in terms of getting a good night's sleep and not looking at blue emitting devices, as well as not looking at the news. And that also rolls into the following morning in terms of not looking at any of my devices for at least an hour. So I've got a morning routine that's my routine and not somebody else that's trying to get hold of me or influence me, which starts my day off really well. Yeah, I think that's, uh, I think those are two great ones, the night before and then the morning, so that you put yourself in the best possible place. That you yep. can do a great night's sleep and early morning practices. I think, I think for me, I should have added two more things into that list. I think we mentioned it in our podcast around sleep, 
but building a meditation practice or mindfulness practice that that, that you can do every day for between 15 and 20 minutes is going to make an enormous difference to your stress levels because it just allows you to quiet the brain down and then you can then take those practices into your everyday working life so if you need to take a moment you can take a moment and I think for me, meditation has been one of the biggest things that's helped me really get on top of my stress levels and then reduce it. Uh, I think the other thing then is, the classic one that people go to is, I'm stressed, so I will exercise. And exercise is a great way of relieving stress. But I would just say, don't overdo the exercise. You know, I, I see so many executives that are flying transatlantic and then on the weekends they're running triathlons and you know hundred mile bike rides. <laughs> and you know, if you're under chronic stress, adding more a huge amount of more stress to your life through exercise is not going to do you any good physically. Yep. So there is there's some caution there around yes, use exercise as a release, but try not to overdo it, particularly when you're in a stressful time. I think um in terms of meditation, and people think that's woo-woo. Um, Tim Ferriss, in terms of tribal mentors, and lots, lots of people who have interviewed high-performing people from across the spectrum, from sports people, politicians to business people, the vast majority spends time every day meditating. And that can mean different things for different people. So, so for me, I might listen to a guided meditation for 10 minutes to 20 minutes. Um, I might go for a walk. Um, so just being outside, the the aim is to quieten down the mind. Mm -hmm. So that might mean different things to different people, but that's that's the aim to quieten down the mind. And I think if people are put off thinking, I genuinely don't have the time, or what's that all about? I would advocate starting small, even if it's one or two minutes mm -hmm. at a time. That's absolutely fine to start getting a baseline habit. Um, and why is it good? Um, because the so why is it good? The pituitary gland does amazing things when it's in meditation. So it releases um, dopamine, serotonin, endorphins, meaning that everything that is good that your body can release, it releases. Mm -hmm. So that's that's why we're advocating it, and we do it ourselves. It just makes you feel really good, and it quietens down quartens down the mind and what's the outcome it it brings the person into the present mm -hmm. well, i think then you become more used to being in the present and yes. then during your working day you tap into that state more often yeah you know, i know that from my own personal experience that on the days where i meditate my day seems to go a lot better than the days where i don't and this and this might be like a subconscious placebo type thing, but I generally do feel that when I'm in the group meditating every single day, I'm I'm in a much better place mentally and emotionally. Yeah. Or grounded. And the headline is meditation relieves stress. Mm, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so in, in terms of the brave wave frequency, we normally operate at a beta level. And meditation calms the mind and we get through to alpha, through to theta, mm -hmm. which is a dreamlike state where the mind's really calm. So that's what we're aiming to get. Absolutely. And I think that many of the listeners would have heard about um, people talking around how to get in the flow state. So how do you achieve a flow state where you are focused, you're in the moment, you lose the sense of all time. You know, you might be you might be giving a presentation, you might be doing a creative piece of work like building a presentation, you might be playing music or you might be playing sport, yep. where you know you are in that sort of conscious, subconscious state, which is actually, as you described it, you're between the alpha and theta boundary. So the more that you do meditation and the more you drop yourself from a beta into an alpha state the more you experience that the easier people will find it to only relieve stress but also focus yep 
Um, so it's, it's so meditation's got a multitude of different benefits. Um, I know we're focusing here around stress. There's other things that helps with too. And one of the other things that um, I advocate, and I didn't fall off my chair, but when one of my close friends said, said about nine months ago, practice cold showers, I was quite dismissive. Um, but I do that consistently every day now and I love it. So a warm shower followed by a 10 second to a minute cold shower. Um, why? Again, it gets me back to the present because that's all I'm focused on. And it also helps me focus on my breathing, which is brilliant for, again, being in the present. Because let me tell you, if you put a, cold, a shower on um, completely cold, that's all you're focused on. Yeah, I've, I, have done, I have done cold showers in the morning now for past 18 months. Mm -hmm. So I, I would generally have a five minute shower and then turn it cold for the last minute. Yep. The benefits for me are do one, it makes me highly energized. You are focused on being cold because your body thinks I'm going to die and then it realizes, oh, I'm not going to die. Yep. But I think for me, one of the most important things around the cold shower is, is that every morning, Ben, without fail, I have this conversation with myself in my head where the little voice comes up and says, don't do it. It's really cold. It's not very nice. And you might die. And what, what I do is, as soon as I get that feeling, I turn it cold straight away. Because what I'm saying to myself is, is that when I say go, we go. Yeah. We take action. And by starting my day doing that, it's a really great intention to have because we go through life constantly by the little voice or chatter in our mind is trying to hold us back. Yeah. What I'm teaching my subconscious is that when my conscious says, we're doing it, we're doing it. Yeah. So I think that's an added benefit from a stress management point of view too. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, you're, you're winning by a positive outcome straight away. You know, one of the first things you do. So it's a great way to start the day. Yeah. I also think um, I, I borrowed this. There's an amazing video on YouTube if people Google Navy SEAL Admiral Pass Out Parade. And he advocates making, making one's bed each day, mm -hmm. which is another easy win. But it's, a, it's, it's something that's great in terms of compounding for minimal effort, um, starting the day with a positive intent. Mm -hmm. um, so I always make sure that I do that post, um, post shower, which is make my bed. And also when I come back at the end of the day, it's, it's nice to have a, a nicely made bed to come back to. Yeah, I think, you know, if we start building up some of these small things in the morning, like for instance, you may have a cold shower, okay? You make your bed, you will maybe do a two or three minute meditation. You might express some gratitude or do a journal. So you have a, a few things that you do as a bedrock every single day that sets yep. you up for success that day. Absolutely. When, you, when that routine drops, it's a great indicator of stress. Yes. I know we mentioned this earlier, but I thought I'd just reinforce that point because if you can put a sequence of those things in place, and make them habitual, it's the best early warning indicator you could ever have. Sure. And if people are saying they don't have time, I would advocate just setting the alarm five minutes or 10 minutes earlier to start including some of this stuff or taking advantage if they've got a commute and they're on a bus or a train, spending some time to start looking at these practices then. Yeah. And equally, if they are on, on a, a tube, for example, there may be, um, getting off a step further, a stop further, and then walking, walking, walking back from there. So just sm small stuff that they can do that's not too onerous, but will have massive gains. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the other thing that people should, should try and do is just try and get as much sunlight as possible. So try and get out in the early morning sunshine. Try and get out in the uh, like lunchtime. Try and get some sunshine because. We all feel so much better when we put the sun on our faces. Yeah. And I think the more that we can do to get outside in the sunshine yeah. or in nature, it just lifts our mood tr tremendously. And yeah. I think there is, there is, there is, without doubt, a biological factor with the sun because of vitamin D. Yeah. 
and you know most of us are deficient in vitamin D, particularly during the winter time. And I certainly felt it um, this winter where I don't have seasonal affective disorder, but I was absolutely craving a holiday in April to Egypt so I could get some proper sun. Yeah. And my mood lifted massively. Yeah. And I didn't feel massively down, but I just felt as though, you know, I need some sun. So yeah. try and get early morning and lunchtime sun as often as you can. Yeah. And diet in terms of choices. So I've, I've switched my diet around to predominantly a plant-based diet. Mm-hmm. Um, and ordinarily I wouldn't eat this stuff if it was served on a plate. So I, I blend a lot of raw vegetables and that has completely reduced any sugar crashes or a lot of the cravings that I used to have for sh- sugary based food or high fat food. Mm-hmm. And that's made a massive difference in terms of personally my mood and my outlook and my energy levels. Um, yeah. So I don't want to be too virtuous in terms of this, but but moving towards a a plant vegetable based diet um, has massively worked for me. Mm. Yeah, I think you know, I'm I'm a big advocate of a plant based diet. Um, my approach is slightly different, where I eat a small to medium amount of high quality animal protein. Mm. Most of my plate is vegetables yeah. for, for my main meal. But I think what you're saying is absolutely right because you know we're starting this podcast series with the three most important topics about sleep, stress, and next comes energy. Those three things are gonna massively impact each other. You know, you get one of those off, it's gonna impact the other two. But I think what you're what you're describing there, Ben, is that through improving your food choices, your you massively improve improve your energy levels which in turn is going to help you become more resilient to stress and help you sleep better too so yeah. these things are so interconnected yeah absolutely well, I, I do think i do think food food that's packaged i would describe as a product especially if it's got a really long shelf life like a bar of chocolate for example and that's eating rubbish has definitely personally affected my mood and if i've done that consistently and it's turned into a habit and that's really affected my mood continually so so that's where in terms of energy levels absolutely but i think there's, there's there's been a real knock-on effect with the quality of food that i've been eating previously which was poor and what what was happening in my head as well yeah i think you know i think it's i think we all can relate to times where we have maybe eaten something we have then had the crash that comes afterwards, particularly with yeah. with sugar. You feel at a low a low ebb, and mm. then as soon as something happens in work or home, yeah. because you're at a low ebb, you know the stress impacts you more, and then you have a much more negative reaction, and that then causes more stress, and you probably don't get more sugar and yeah. you know, as well that night. So it's 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 all so interconnected. Yeah. So should we summarise for the listeners the things that they could do to help mitigate their stress? That are... I, was, I was going to say one more thing, actually. Um, in terms of what, one other strategy, it's, it's to have a social network and to keep in touch with that social network. So previously, when, when I had mental health issues, I've become a hermit mm-hmm. and, and I've not talked to people and I've not, I've not socialised with people. So now I make a, a conscious effort to phone people and that could be just to say, you know, great to have you in, in my life and pay them a compliment, which is a nice thing to do. Um, but I make a conscious effort to do something socially with my close group of friends each week. Um, mm. Again, it helps keep me present and it's just nice to, nice to socialise and to, um, to physically be with people and chat. Great point. And I think also going back to our previous conversation around how to identify in a stressed state yeah and maybe that's another thing that people can think about as to when are they not being social and when and when they're not keeping their social connections and maybe use that as a trigger to think what's going on and i'm really mindful about clever software companies who design their software products or apps to be highly addictive 
for their user base, which I get it, it's their businesses and they want to create a return, but, but that's how they do it. So in terms of, I'm, I'm really aware about what digital media I'm using and when. So I, I really try and make it so I use it on my terms as opposed to, to the company that's trying to make lots of money. Yeah. So I don't advocate a completely um, non, no Facebook, no WhatsApp, um, no email, but I'm quite structured in terms of when I look at stuff. Um, and I don't feel guilty for doing that then. So I might say, right, I'm going to check my email twice a day, my personal email, or I might spend half an hour looking at YouTube at, at this point, as opposed to, right, I've had, I've done some deep work for between 50 and 90 minutes, and my break is going to be going on Facebook. I just, mm -hmm. just turn off completely. Um, and I allocate some time in a day if I want to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, great, because these things do end up being stressors, you know, particularly. I have a love-hate relationship with Facebook in particular. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm in so many different Facebook groups now that, that add a huge amount of value. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, the, the part of the issue with Facebook is, is that everybody posts about how wonderful their life is, or everybody posts before they go away on holiday. And I think there's, again, with the, with the news, you know, there's, there's, not, there's not a huge amount of positive reinforcement that goes on on some of these social media platforms. So like you, I try and minimize the amount of time I'm on them and try and schedule that time. And typically, typically I'll, I'll look at Facebook or Instagram, et cetera, when maybe I, I have done time, like the car's yeah. being washed or yeah. uh, I'm on the tube. Places like that where I feel as though my time's not very useful, so I might delve into social media for a while. Good stuff. So Ben, should we recap for the listeners on some of the things that they can do to help manage their stress levels that are either low cost or free? Sure. So I think the two big ones for me are getting a great night's sleep and the strategies in terms of how to do that. And we talked around meditation and exercise, mm -hmm. but whatever that individual needs to do to calm down their mind. Mm. Yeah. I think for me also, there is the, the point around trying to get more sunshine. Yeah. Doing the early morning and lunchtime, uh, also trying to get out in nature as, as, as much as possible. I loved your point around the whole communities, social connections, and maintaining those. Yeah, um, so cold showers, meditating, we talked around a journal, so both in terms of to get out of one's head what their day might look like the following day, as yeah. well as a gratitude journal. So really important to talk with family, talk with friends, and write stuff down that one's thankful for, because again, that keeps, keeps, it's kept me in the present. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think the gratitude piece is something that we've mentioned um, in the last two podcasts, something that we've not really spoken about specifically. Mm. I think it might be worthwhile mentioning this because I've, I think it's probably one of the most impactful things anybody can do. Mm. And when we say expressing gratitude, you can do it in various different ways. But what you want to do is you want to feel the gratitude inside you. And it could be the love we have for somebody, you could be very thankful for somebody, or it could just be that you're healthy or you can feel the wind on your face or the sun on your back. Yeah. But I love the quote from Tony Robbins that says, you can't feel fear or anger and gratitude at the same time. Yeah. And that's so powerful because if you do really feel grateful for something, the stress melts away. Yeah. So I think one of the best three things that you can do is start to build in gratitude practice completely agree mm. and being conscious about diet choices mm -hmm. so um for, for me preparation is key if, if the hack for me i've got i've got a blender and i blend vegetables so it's quick and i can prepare my um blends for the rest of the day um, and I, I'm, I'm lazy when it comes to food preparation. So it's, it's, it's a quick win for me. And it means that if I'm crashing, I have something that's prepared that I can, I can take and it's good for me as opposed to reaching for something that 
might not be the best choice. Yeah, no, I think that's. Uh, I think diet, as we mentioned, is uh, is a great point. I think I think some of the things that people could look into, and we put some links in the show notes that we won't go into. We've mentioned them here that can really help with stress levels. One is flotation tanks. Yes. Which are, which are sensory deprivation tanks, um, which for me have been phenomenal for relieving stress. Second one is a ther- therapy called EMDR. So yep. if you do have some kind of chronic stress and past trauma, seeking out a specialist in your area that is a EMDR practitioner could be massively helpful. And then probably the most ultimate um, tool in this area is neurofeedback training, where you're actually yeah. able to train your brain and rewire beliefs and also enable your brain to drop down into that alpha state that we were talking about. Yeah. And you know, there will be neurofeedback centers in the local area. Yeah. They're being used now for a whole bunch of different things from managing brain conditions to ADHD and autism and stress and anxiety and depression. Yeah. Um, so we put the we put some links in the show notes where the listeners can go there um, and then start to explore some of these other other therapies. Yeah. So I, I would also add to that a three one is positive affirmations or mantras. Um, but as I was saying before, that's great, and I'm not knocking those at all. If if somebody has habitual um, subconscious programming that's negative, positive affirmations will only get that person so far, and I, I speak from experience. So how does somebody um, rewire their subconscious program? Um, they can learn something by rote, and I'd say that's quite difficult. You know, if 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 somebody does something a thousand times. They will get into a habit with it and it will become habitual. Um, they can have hypnotherapy, which, which works. And there's lots of other modalities available if, if people look up how to reframe the subconscious. So how to get the mud out of the system, change, reduce stress as well as changing beliefs. Um, personally, I advocate, which is why I facilitate in Psyche, which is great in terms of reducing stress um, as well as changing subconscious beliefs. So that's that's an option for people to look into also. Brilliant. Thank you for listening, and we hope that you enjoyed this show. You can find the video, audio, and detailed show notes at www.upgradedexecutive.com. At the end of this 10-episode podcast series, we will send all of our subscribers an exclusive ebook which summarizes everything that Nick and I discuss on the shows. Be sure to leave your details on our website. You can also find us on all of the social platforms at Connect With UE.